Have you ever thought about your rights and freedoms regarding your money and its impact by legislation from all levels of government? Welcome to the Information Edge with your host, Darren Yancey. Darren has over 40 years of experience in key sectors of the economy, and he's been knee-deep in politics for over a decade. He's going to get into detail on these sectors, the politics surrounding them, what they mean to you, and how you can protect yourself and be involved. Now, live from Texas, your host, Darren Yancey. Well, hello there once again. It's time for you, me, and a truck named Pete. Uh, when I And that's a reference to the trucking class eight category called Peterbilt. And the reason we're going to do that this week is we're going to be talking trucking. It was also a pun for the newly confirmed transportation secretary, Pete, what? I don't worry. Buttigieg. Um, I'm, I'm still digesting that one and we're going to cover it a little bit because trucking is one of the topics that we cover on this show. Now, if you're listening in for the first time and you're going, Darren, why are we talking trucking? I don't drive a truck. I don't care what a trucker does. It doesn't impact my life. Why should I not just tune you out right now? And I'm going to say, stop right there, Contrera, and, and listen in. If you like getting a jug of milk for your cereal, uh, if you like bananas and fruits, if you like buying meat, uh, if you like going to the store and buying jeans, socks, shoes, underwear, anything else, a trucker brought that product to that store for you to buy you know, if you go and do some research online, you'll see that trucking moves roughly, they'll say 70% of all goods and services. Well, the fact of the matter is it's 100%. That 30% they're talking about comes in by rail or comes in by ship or plane. Truck still has got to touch it. They're going to take it to its final destination. And what we have in America is such a profound trucking network of local, intermediate, last mile, long haul, uh, it's one of the largest industries out there. Now, it gets meshed in a lot of times with the automotive services industry, but the reality is there are over three and a half million people that are employed in the trucking industry, uh, whether it is warehousing, whether it is mechanics. There's over two to two and a half million drivers that are out there moving these goods and services for you. So, um, in, in the event that maybe somehow you were off on Tahiti during this last year and COVID didn't touch you, you didn't realize how important trucking was, but a lot of folks finally realized how important it was because it was critical to move all of those vital PP&E and everything else that they do. And it kind of got a highlight. And while I got a highlight, everybody said, oh, well, gosh, gosh we're going we're gonna to cuddle up to the American trucker, kind of give him this virtual hug, go, ooh, we love you so much. And then as things changed, they forgot about the American trucker. And it's important that we remember it because I bring it to you because not only is it what makes your lifestyle the way it works, it's, it's under some attack. It's under duress. It's in a position that there are things that are occurring that, if not corrected, are going to impact the American economy and your lifestyle and mine. That's why we're going to talk about it today. So let's kind of go back a little bit. Trucking is uh, it's federally regulated. And it, the reason it is federally regulated is because it crosses state lines. That's called interest interstate, where if you're only going inside your state, that's interstate, uh, you could have a different set of uh, application of laws by the governing authority. For example, I use Texas a lot because I'm from Texas. Uh, it's, we call it TexDOT, which is the Texas Department of Transportation. Uh, if you're in Oklahoma, it could be OKDOT, okay whatever your 
your state is, they're going to have a Department of Transportation that governs their highways and byways that are not federal uh, for all that stuff that goes within that state, that interstate. But when you're crossing state lines, as most trucking does, it falls under the guise of the federal government. More specifically, it falls under the regulation of the U.S. Department of Transportation. Okay, uh, The U.S. Department of Transportation is a Goliath, a Leviathan uh, that covers several different divisions. It is the governing body for the National Highway Transportation Safety uh, Board. That is kind of its communication arm that goes out and says, hey, we, we have these issues. We're trying to get these opinions. That's where you go through. It also governs what's known as the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration. And as the name would imply, that is safety regarding trucks on the highway. I realize you're saying at this point, Darren, you're starting to make paint peel. I'm getting bored. Tell me more. I got to set up the story. Be patient. Trucking for a long period of time was a regulated industry. When I say regulated, there were rules by the federal government on how that product had to move. Um, it didn't have what we called, it was kind of like airlines. Airlines for a number of years had regulation. You had a certain amount of cost that went into your structure for fuel, certain amount that went into transporting goods and services, certain amount for freight, and that was designed to keep them afloat because of the cost. Trucking was very similar on that. In 1978, both of these industries got their deregulation, and in the case of the trucking, it started trucking down a different path. Now, trucking had, had been, up until that time, uh, probably one of the most powerful unionized arms of labor that we've ever seen. Uh, the AFL-CFO was the International Brotherhood of, of, of the Trucking, the people that go out there and move those units. And I got to tell you something, um, there, was a, there was a reason for that. Part of it was to keep not only goods and services moved, but you got to realize what a trucker does to bring you all this stuff. It was to keep a good pay, a good standard of living. Because let me tell you what, a, what they really do to bring stuff to you. Let me give you an example. If a load starts in Texas and it's going to New York, that's a couple of thousand miles. They can't do that in one day. They have to do it in, in basically 10, 10 and a half hour uh, stances and they got to take the rest. Sometimes they're out on the road four or five days, they don't get a chance to take a shower unless they hit a truck stop at just the right time. Now, think about that. How many of you, and I know there's some of you that are, you know, the millennials that you believe in this 48-hour deodorant and stuff, but let's, let's be realistic. If you had an opportunity to take a shower every day and take a bath versus not being able to because of the constraints of your job, you probably wouldn't be real happy. But that's something that the American trucker does. Here's something else. Um, they've got regulations on when they run out of certain hours, they got to stop. That means they actually have to pull over, shut the rig down, take a nap. That way they're not driving tired and they're not driving dangerous. Why is that important? Well, you're talking between 80 to 100,000 plus pounds between the tractor, the trailer, and its freight and goods. And those things don't stop on a dime when they're doing 55, 65. So you've got to have the, that necessary amount of space and you've got to be aware of it. Your body's got to be in tune. So here's what will happen a lot of times. They, they run out of hours. They've got to stop. They've got no place that's friendly for them to stop. They can't just pull off on the side of the road because that's dangerous. There's a lot of places that won't let truckers go in. So it's, it's not easy for them. And then you've got the issue where sometimes because of those same hours of service, they can't 
just stop and get something to eat. When they're out doing a, a load, they've got they've got to get certain things done in an amount of time. COVID-19 complicated all of this because a lot of places that they could eat were shut down. So they couldn't get access. So I want to bring this to you because I I monitor a lot of discussion. I monitor a lot of what's on social media. And I will tell you that the general impression of truckers is not as positive as what it should be. Are the truckers responsible for some of that? Absolutely. They have to take some responsibility. But you also have to basically look at what they're doing to bring a load. And you got to give them a little bit of a break. So when you see someone that's out there and they're driving, remember, they're making your life better. It's important. We used to have a saying that if it was good for the car business, it's good for America. And I think that's still good and accurate. There should be another saying that goes right beside it. If it's good for the trucking industry, it's good for America because it's moving goods and services, it's employing people, and it pays out good wages. So it's important that you know what's going on in this industry because, well, right now, it is under attack. So let's talk about what what's the breakup of uh, the American trucking industry. In other words, how does it break? Is, is it all big, big, big trucking companies? Is it all mom and pop? Is it a little bit in between? What am I supporting? How can I do more? Well, the reality of the situation is that two, two and a half billion trucks, and the reason there's a swing in there, no one knows it really any one time because you have trucks that fall out of service. You have trucks that get wrecked. Um, drivers come and go. It, it's, a, it's a fluid. This is an estimate, but it's, it's as accurate as you're going to get. Probably 80% or better are the trucks that are out there are small business, mom and pop business. In other words, from one truck up to maybe 20, you could go up to 50, but really most of them are under 20 and they're running their small businesses and they're doing what they can to bring you your goods and services, make an honest living, pay their bills, raise their families and do things to that nature. About up to 20%, I think I'm being a little high there. Uh, you're going to have what we call the mega fleets. Uh, those are co- companies that you he- see, the Schneiders, the Werners. Um, they are not the bulk of what you see in trucking. But the, but the weird thing is they have representation that gives them a bigger voice in legislation and a bigger voice in how things are going on than all the others because, well, money. It just falls down to money. Um, if you're not a mega fleet, you're probably, you're, you're not getting as good a rate. You're uh, at your freight. You're probably paying a little bit more in insurance. Um, you may not have as much money left over because here's the key difference between what a mega fleet's going to do and your mom and pop. You reach a certain size in trucking and you can do what's called self-insurance or self-insured. And what that simply means is you've got assets that you can set aside and you can buy a bond, which is much cheaper than an insurance policy, and you don't have to go and spend the kind of money for insurance that some of the smaller ones do. That saves them a lot of money in face value. But here's the reality. That doesn't mean they don't pay out claims. These large fleets that have their own self-insurance, they have a claims person inside because they're still having crashes. They're having all the same problems that the smaller ones are doing. They just don't have the... Um, the big spotlight on them. That's the best way I can put it. So 
there's a little bit of deception there as far as what's better, what's safer, what's not. At the end of the day, here's what you need to keep in mind. If you get into the trucking industry today, you want to become a driver tomorrow. You go through, you spend your time, you get your commercial driver's license, you decide you want to go out. You can't start your own business. It's not that there's any laws that prohibit you. What you would find is by trying to go out and get your own, one of the key things you would need to do is you would need insurance. And right now, there's not a carrier out there that A, would insure you, and B, if they would, you would not be able to afford the rate. So how does somebody get into trucking for the first time? Well, they have to go sign on with a a Schneider or Warner or something like that, hopefully get good pay, decent benefits where they can go out, get a couple of years under their belt, and then break out, do better. That's kind of the American dream, start, go through. So what does that mean? Take an examination of what I just said there. That's the only way you can get in. So by definition, most of your mega fleets have less experienced drivers. They're having these less experienced drivers. We'll talk more about that when we come back. Right now, we're going to take a quick break, pay some bills. You're listening to the Information Edge podcast. I'm Darren Yancey part of the Voice America Radio Network, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control, and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. All right. So, 
where we left off in the last segment was getting into a little bit of a little known secret of what's actually happening in the trucking industry. And that's you have most of your younger drivers or younger is not the right word. Less experienced drivers, they all come into the, the large mega fleets and that's where they have to get their experience. That's just the way the industry is set up right now. And if they tried to go out and buy insurance on their own, I'll give you an example. Right now, a, a truck with experience, with good losses, $9,000 for liability only. And I know most of you driving cars just had a heart attack. That's what a trucker pays. A new trucker, if he tried to go out and get that, if he could get someone to give him a rate, would probably be twenty five to 30000 So the cost differential simply makes it unaffordable and unattainable for someone coming new into the business. They don't want you to go out and do it all that they want you to go through. And these mega fleets, let's be honest, they have set up some good training programs, but they're not without problems. Now, the reason I bring that up is to go into, bring into where we're at today, some things that are happening that are, are impacted in a negative way. And then we'll finish out the show with how you can make a difference to change some things. You know, in 2008, when we had the financial meltdown and, and I was operating our retail agency at that time and trucking was our 8,000 pound gorilla with trucking, tow truck, garage, a lot of other stuff, but those were our mainstays. Um, we had a lot of folks in oil and gas and we were trying to move people all over the place to keep them from going under. It was a bloodbath. And many trucking companies that went out in 2008 never came back. They just said, we're done. We're not going to refuel. We're not going to read sign leases, we're cooked, we're out. At 2009, you started a thing from the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration called SAFER. SAFER is a scoring system of how safe are you, okay? You have in, when you're getting your trucks examined at these way stations, what they'll do is they'll look at the condition of your tires, they want to look at uh, your brakes, all your lights work, uh, how's your freight loaded? Did you actually balance it out right? If you're running what's called refrigerated freight, do you have everything where you're, it's not going to spoil? And if you're having issues passing these tests, these affect your scores. Now, this came out in 2009. And in 2010, we started seeing an influx coming back into trucking to, to start the industry, kind of got another jump start again. We had people forget in 08 and 09, freight was not real easy to get at those periods of time. So here's what happened. It wasn't that everybody within the United States decided to get in trucking again. You had basically an immigration of legal immigrants that were coming over from the European Eastern Bloc and the East African Bloc that decided they wanted to be entrepreneurs. They wanted to be in the trucking business and they came in and they were not of the same background as what had been here before. I didn't mean that they were best, less people. It means they didn't have the same experience sets. So what you had was a lot of them, they, they got just hammered learning the trucking business. They didn't know all of the safety regulations that you had to do, all of the penalties that you, if you didn't have them right, they couldn't run their books right. So what we started having was we were having all these influx of people that wanted to get into trucking, didn't know what trucking was, and they had to get through the learning curve. But while they were getting through the learning curve, they started having a lot of accidents. So in 2009, 2010, all of a sudden we start seeing a big rise in what's called accidents and frequency claims. Now, I'm, frequency, you're going to hear me use some insurances. I apologize if, I, if it gets out of the way. As a matter of fact, since this is a live show, if you want to tell me to shut up a little bit, give a call at 866-472-5788. 
Uh, we'd like to talk with you, but if there's too much, let me know. Send me an email as well. But here's what happened. We started seeing an increase in claims, increase in frequencies. At the same time, what you start having with the safer, all the insurance companies said, oh, we got a big change demographically. Claims are going up. We've now got another measure. And so we're going to start dialing up the rate increases. So around 2011, 2012, insurance rates on trucking, they start to creep up and they start to creep up. In 2014, we really start to see a rise in what's called lawsuit financing. That wasn't the first time it had been out there. It was the first time we started seeing a significant rise. Now, what is lawsuit financing, you might say? You go, because that kind of sounds like a little nefarious term. Well, here's what it is. Traditionally, for a number of years, if a lawyer, and I'm talking a plaintiff's attorney, uh, wanted to go ambulance chasing and they decided that they wanted to take a large claim uh, to court to sue the carrier, they had to invest their time and their assets into that trial to see it through, which means the lawyer had to set aside with the plaintiff and make a business decision as to whether it was worthwhile. In other words, do the facts favor us? Uh, do you think we'll get a favorable jury? Did you really get hurt to the degree you're saying? All these things that kind of made sense. Well, lawsuit financing had come in in the last decade before it, it really hadn't taken root. All of a sudden, it takes root. Um, and you start seeing third parties come in and say, here's what we're going to do. We're going to provide the funds to put the injured party, give them a temporary amount of money to pacify them. And we're going to fund you, Mr. Lawyer, to take this to court because we want financial justice. What they really wanted was a return on their investment. Financial justice didn't have a damn thing to do with it. So we started seeing an increase in 2014 in the insurance industry and in trucking in a huge amount of frequency goes up because now nobody wants to settle anymore. Now they don't want to settle. They want to sue. They want to go to trial. They want to see if they can go through because now it's not the plaintiff and the lawyer. It's a third party out there going, yeah, I'm a bookie. I want 25%. No, I don't want to settle for that. Let's keep it going. So that's what happened. And then the severity started getting in. When I use the term severity, that means it went from it's kind of messed up to it is messed up beyond all recognition. Let me give you some examples. A lot of claims used to be settled, what we call soft tissue claims for $75,000 to $85,000. Now, whether that's the correct amount, that just was an average. Now, those same claims with lawsuit financing are settling for three to four times that for the same claim. And it's getting worse, not better. Well, when you have an increase in frequency paying claims and the increase in severity of the amount, guess what happens to insurance rates? They go up. You've seen this happen in the automobile uh, insurance industry for a number of years. They had to do tort reform because of all the lawyers. They were just basically jumping on any type of car accident. Well, somewhere along the line, someone saw a truck go by and go, hey, I bet they carry higher limits. And that's where it went. Truckers, by law, have to carry at least 750000 Most carry a million. And so what you saw happen was the plaintiff's bar said, oh, man, there's the next cash cow. And they started going after it. We've seen, there's been recent reports that have come out where the number of what we now call a nuclear verdict has went bananas in the last few years. I'm going to give you a snippet 
okay, of some things that came out. In 2006, there were only four cases with awards in excess of 1 million, okay? 2013, there was more than 70. This is according to a report that came out from the American Transportation Research Institute. 235% increase in cases were the verdict sizes of at least 1 million between 2005 to 2011 and 2012 to 2019. 235% increase. From 2017 to 2018 alone, the average size of verdicts by juries grew 483%, okay? Now, let me tell you one that was what we call a watershed moment, came out in 2018, and it is impacting your what you pay for rates right now for your auto home and everything else because they cannot subsidize this in one sector. Case called Werner, I'm not going to go into the full name of the case, but the Werner case is what we call it. There was a family that was driving on one side of the road in I-40 in Texas, and there was a trucking company on the other side of the road. Werner had a new driver, and these are the undisputed facts. The family on I-40, the driver fell asleep, got nod, hit the median, came across, and hit the Werner truck head on. Undisputed facts. Now, if I stop there, you're probably going to say, well, the other party, they're, they're at fault. They hit the Warner truck. But here's the problem. The plaintiff's jury turned that scenario around and they turned it into a 80 plus million dollar award against Warner because according to the safety manual from Warner, that particular driver should not have been driving because there was mist on the road. If they had followed the manual, he wouldn't have been behind the wheel and somebody else could have been there to maneuver the rig and avoid the accident. For that, they awarded $80 million. My argument to that was, okay, if that truck hadn't have been there, those people would have come across and hit something else. It was garbage. But that was one of many that have come through and these nuclear verdicts are now driving trucking insurance to costs where it is unsustainable. It is impacting rates over other areas of the industry and auto insurance and home insurance because you've got carriers intermingled. They simply can't take the losses on their own. How does that impact you, the listener, right here, right now? I will tell you this, the, in the last five years, the hmm, we ran a number the amount it's costing you in additional insurance and other costs per year is over $2,500 for all of these nuclear verdicts. So it's not just the trucking companies that are experiencing this cost. Everybody, you're getting whacked by it, okay? And it has gotten worse. It's not getting better. And it is threatening, absolutely threatening, the trucking industry of America. And as I go back to the original statement of this show, if it's good for the trucking industry, it's good for America. If it is bad for the trucking industry, it is bad for America. And ladies and gentlemen, lawsuits, dragging companies out of the business, making them pay out tens of millions of dollars they're not entitled to, that's bad for America. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. You're listening to the Information Edge podcast. That's me, Darren Yancey. Pay a few bills. We'll be right back. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. All right, as a reminder, we are doing this live. You can call in 866-472-5788. You can email me, darren at darrenyancey.com. My website is informationedge.net. Um, it's got a lot of information about me, blogs, advertisers for the show. Uh, it's got my blog history, uh, podcast library, which obviously we're starting to build now. Links to this show each week and then links to the Friday show that I have as well. Um, so if you've got multiple ways, you can follow me currently on Twitter at DGANCY65. You can follow me on Gab at DGANCY65 and Facebook at the Transportation, or excuse me, Transportation Edge, Information Edge uh, under Facebook. Facebook and Twitter, I, I'm not going to be on those much longer. We're in the process of moving everything to Gab, but if you do Twitter, and the, and the reason is it's just a lot of people are starting to abandon those platforms. Um, I'm going to stay on them as long as I can, but I have a feeling here in a couple of months they're going to be you know, dead for the most part. So that's why I'm on Gab right now. We'll see if Gab has the, uh, the basically the oomph to stay on it. Okay, where we left off in the last segment was talking about impact on insurance from nuclear verdicts and how it's starting to affect you. 
because trust me right now, it is impacting you. Um, when you look at all the, the trial lawyer costs, you look at all the payouts, everything that gets inflated from it. Um, we had our friends from Century Insurance that I've had on my uh, Friday show several times and we will have on this show, um, did some tabulations on it about a year ago and it's about $2,500 that it's costing the average American for these nuclear verdicts who think, I don't have anything to do with trucking. I don't know what trucking insurance is and how the heck is it impacting me? Nuclear verdict. So here's the question. If, if it's going and it's driving these spiraling costs, is there anything that we can do? Well, the answer is yes, but before we get to a solution, we got to complete the full problem. And here's what the full problem is. Now, two years ago, there was a bill introduced in the House of Representatives uh, called House Bill 3781, and its design was to take the current $750,000 limit to $5 million. And at the time, um, it was basically shot down at the Senate because of the Republican-controlled Senate. Last year, they came out with a resolution to pass a, a million in, from $750,000 to $2 million, and it died on arrival at the Senate. Well, this year, she's coming back. And it may be not only two million, they're talking about taking it to four. Now, let's talk about why they want to increase it, what the possible ramifications would be, and how you stop it. Because I will tell you, it is not good for you and me. First off, let's talk about the reasons why they say that the insurance limit should increase. And it is being driven by the Trial Lawyers Association and only the Trial Lawyers Association. Let's just get that clear up front. Um, but the argument is, well, the cost or the limits of insurance in regulated trucking have not kept up with the cost for medical bills, uh, for legal fees, things to that nature. Now, is that an inaccurate statement? No, it's not. But up until the past couple of years, we weren't having the frequency problems with nuclear verdicts like we're having now. Folks, the Trial Lawyers Association that deal on the plaintiff's side have identified the trucking industry as their cash cow. I defy you to listen to the radio for more than four hours and not have a lawyer come on talking about if you've been hit by a truck. I defy you to watch TV for more than four hours and not have a lawyer ad that comes on and says, you need to call me if you've been hit by a truck. I defy you to drive more than a hundred miles and not see some type of trial lawyer saying on a billboard, call me if you've been hit by a truck. They've identified this cash cow, much as they had done with automobile policies 15 and 20 years before. Now they've looked at trucking because, hey, it's a higher limit. Well, let's take it from if we could do this with uh, a million, my goodness, what can we do with two million or four million? Understand, it has nothing to do with cost of living increases. It has everything to do with padding trial lawyers' pockets. Now, let me tell you what happens, A, if they pass this law. Number one, it's not going to drive down the cost of insurance. That's number one, because A, I don't know of any carrier that's going to offer these type of limits in the marketplace across the broad brush. That's number one. But number two, to let's say they say, all right, we're going to mandate a two million, not a four million. That's going to be an average increase of 25 to 30 percent on an already stretched price. In other words, the current trucking insurance pricing, there is what's called an elasticity band. 
that you could stretch before it snaps and people go, I can't pay anymore. And they either walk away or they pass on the cost. That thing is stretched so tight right now, it's cracking. You add another 25 to 30%, here's what happens. A lot of carriers are just going to say, oh, we're done. We're not going to do it. Is that good for you? No, because that means there's less trucks moving your goods and services. That means higher gasoline, higher groceries, higher anything that you want. And here, all right, here's the other flip side. Let's say they go, all right, I'm going to do it, but I'm passing on the costs, assuming that can be done. That means things are still going to go up for you. At the end of the day, there is nowhere to hide from this nuclear Moab. There's just no, there's nothing to run from. You can't get underground enough. You can't dig down to bury your wallet deep enough because it's going to find all of us. It is a horrible proposal based upon a trial lawyer who represents plaintiffs, we'll just say his dream. And it's got to be stopped because if it's not stopped, What's going to happen is we're simply going to see a major drop in the number of trucks. And if we start seeing a major drop in the number of trucks, um, you could look at $6 gasoline around the nation. You could look at 5 and $7 jugs of milk, $5 loaves of bread, because there's no one to haul it. So you have to pay more to haul it, or you got them to take the rate increase. And for them to stay in business, they had to pass it on. That's how serious this is. So, now that I've got your attention, how do we change it? How do we stop it? How do you prevent a train wreck from happening before it happens? And there, my friends, we have a solution, okay? The first off is you're going to have to get involved. You're going to have to make phone calls, potentially, write emails, get on websites of specific people in the U.S. House, and the U.S. Senate, and let them know this can't pass. Now, I've done most of this work for you in terms of where you can go. First, go to my site, theinformationedge.net, pull up, you can go down here, you've got government sites, it says congressional site links for the U.S. House, you can go down to the House Transportation, House, excuse me, House Committee on Transportation Infrastructure. That's the House side. That's where this is going to originate, and it's right there, HR2, the moving Forward Act. That's what they're calling it. This is the House committee that you go in and you let everybody that's there, you email them and they've got the list on the committees, but you can go to this right here and you can be a part of it. It's got committee activities, hearings, the jurisdictions, membership. That's the one you go to because membership is going to be who you contact. Okay. If you're not contacting these people and letting them know, I don't care if one party's in control, this is a bad bill and here's why, and I've given you the reasons why, you got to let them know. You have to let them know this is a horrible bill. This is not going to improve anybody's cost. And I'm going to be honest with you, I don't even know if it's actually feasible in the marketplace. That's a whole separate subject. I just don't even know if it's feasible, but this is where you start on the house side. Now, keep in mind, the bill's got to come out of the house. And if enough of you have an impact by contacting the membership and who's in the membership, let's just kind of pull them up. You got chairman Peter DeFazio. He's out of Oregon. You got the ranking member on the Republican side, Sam Graves. And then you've got, they break it up. Democrats on the left, 
And you go, oh, my God, will this ever end? And you got Republicans on the right. Now, I can tell you personally, if all you do is contact the people from your state and your state only, you are not doing the job. You can click on, for example, like uh, Eddie Bernice Johnson happens to be one that's out of my Texas delegation. I've actually had Eddie on the show. Very sharp woman. And I will tell you, Eddie will listen to reason. I know because I've had her. But you can go, say, you got your contact us, share your ideas. You can also, one of the things that you can do is you can go to us.house.gov and you can start pulling up each individual representative and you can start emailing them. But you've got to email and you've got to call. Folks, if they get several million people, and I mean several million people, giving them a call, sending them emails, going to their sites and sending messages in, they will get the message. They will get the message and they will stop the insanity. But the reality of the situation is you, you got to be the one that puts it out there. Now, I will tell you this. We're getting ready to go to a break right now. This may seem like a daunting task, um, but I will tell you, if we get involved today and make a commitment, you can actually see the results of having involvement on a large scale basis. And by that, I'm talking about, look, all these politicians have their rhetoric. They basically yak and yak and yak. They'll put a statement out here for ABC. They'll put a statement out for Twitter. They'll put something that gets posted on Facebook. But at the end of the day, they see those emails. They see those contacts to those websites. Go in there and start tagging them enough. They're going to start going, maybe we shouldn't pass this bill. Maybe we should have some more debate. And that's where things get interesting is they've got to have the debate. If they have a true debate, I mean, if they really have a debate and they really talk about all this stuff and they sit there and say, well, heck, here's what's going on. Here's why we have to do this stuff. I'm getting, I got 10,000 emails last night from people saying, well, if I raise this insurance, it's going to make their milk and gas go up. Maybe we should have a discussion. If enough of those representatives get those emails, this never goes to the Senate. It doesn't get out of committee. And that's how you make a difference is you get involved. I'm providing you the information. I'm giving you the tools. What I need you to do is take action on your part. Because if you're taking the action on your part, we make the difference today. Looks like we're coming up on a break here. So I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting ready in break mode. One other thing I want you to keep in mind, when you're making contact with congressional folks, don't be rude, don't be <clears throat> vulgar, and don't be threatening because all that does is put you on some type of watch list. So effectively, what you need to do is state clearly, you're supporting this bill. Here's why I don't support it. I've got hundreds of thousands of friends out there like me. We want you to listen. All right, folks, we're taking a quick break right here. We're going to pay some bills. You're listening to the Information Edge podcast. I'm Darren Yancey, part of the Voice America Radio Network. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. 
It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You are listening to The Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. All right, folks, welcome back. We're going to wrap this uh, show up by going over one last thing that we've got to do to help the American trucker. Um, the most important thing we've got to do right now is stop the passage of HR2, um, this, this bill to take insurance limits up, it's not a good bill in any way, shape, form, or fashion, but they've got other needs. Um, one of the things that you're going to see during this administration, um, and it's been kind of buried in the press, it's not come out a lot, but the truckers aren't real happy with the election of Joe Biden. It's not a personal thing with Mr. Biden, but they look at him as a repeat of the Barack Obama mandates when he was in office, and Barack Obama put in some very um, unpopular, uh, very expensive mandates. And, and there's a question, there's a legitimate question whether or not they've been effective or not. And they look at Mr. Biden as a repeat of that, where Mr. Trump had been basically, let's try to roll back those regulations. Let's try to make things better for truckers. So right now you've got some angry truckers out there. Uh, there's a lot that they're facing. They're not only worried about what we've been talking about with insurance, there's potential talk of making them add additional equipment onto their trailers, which, again, that's an unfunded cost. Um, who, who pays for that? Well, obviously, they're going to have to pay for it. But the, one of the biggest issues that doesn't get enough airtime is parking. Now, I hinted at it earlier in the show that when uh, here's the way it works. They have what's called hours of service. And when they're driving, they can only drive for a certain amount of hours. And when the time comes to stop, they got to stop. I mean, they can't dilly-dally around it. And here's what happens. If they don't stop, then 
they could get a ding on their hours of service. And you might go, well, how does anybody know that, Darren, if they don't stop? Ah, I'm glad you asked. There's this thing called an electronic logging device, came under the Obama administration. And before they would handwrite these logs and they actually could pull over, stop. They, they might fudge a little bit, maybe get a little more rest. Well, now under your electronic logging devices, when you hit go, you can't stop it until you hit your destination. So now they look at it as a timer on doing their activities. And here's what we've actually seen statistically. We've seen a lot of increases in accidents because the electronic logging device has had an opposite effect. It hasn't made them any safer. So when they run out of those hours of service and it's time to stop and pull over, they got to stop and pull over. Now, there is a law that came out several years ago called Jason's Law that was designed to make truck parking easier. Now, how did Jason's Law come about? It was actually named for a gentleman by the name of Jason Rivenberg. And it's, it's really, it's a sad story. Um, it's, he, he had to, he was a truck driver. He had run out of hours of service. He pulled over to get rest. It was in an unsafe area. And long story short, um, he was murdered. So when this came out and later we had Jason's Law come out under 2015, it was designed to help make it where truckers would have easier access to parking because every one of us has seen it. You've seen where they're basically, if, they're, if it's an exit ramp or an entry ramp on the freeway and you see a bunch of trucks park, they're doing that because they don't have a choice. And what Jason Law was, was supposed to do was to be an incentive for states, counties, local places to find places to for have for truckers to park, to make it easier for them to park. Well, unfortunately, that's never happened. And I will tell you, you probably have the opposite of it. Um, there's a couple of convenience store chains, not going to say their names because I don't want to get sued, but they have very large enterprises. They sell everything under the sun, including gasoline, including diesel, but they won't let a trucker park on their facility. Now, to me, that's a little on the two-faced side because if I'm a trucker and, you won't, and I need to rest and you won't let me park there, maybe I don't take your load. Maybe I don't bring all those lovely things that you want to sell. I kind of think it's a double standard, but you need to be aware it's out there. So how do you make a difference on that one? Same group of folks that we're talking about on the House Transportation Committee contacting these people. And at the same time that you're putting forth an eloquent, well-worded and not hot-headed, not vulgar message to these fine folks, you talk with them about, hey, by the way, what are you doing to help the truckers parking? See, they can't park just everywhere. The laws require them to stop on a certain period of time. So they need our help, which now circles us back to the new Department of Transportation's head. Ah, you mean a guy named Pete is what I should have called it. Pete Buttigieg. Now, I don't have anything personally against Mr. Buttigieg. Seems like a nice guy. Uh, don't really give a rat's rip what his sexual orientation is. Um, 
could care less about his opinions on climate. I really don't care about uh, income equality when it comes to trucking. Uh, I'd like him, I don't want them equal. I want them doing better. But I would like to have had someone come into this position that had, oh, I don't know, a smidgen of experience. Mr. Buttigieg comes into this position as someone that it looks like is being groomed. And that's all good and fine. Could we not have found a different division? There's going to be times when I'm going to ask you to send messages to the U.S. Department of Transportation to get involved in some of the surveys that they'll have come out. We watch them. And those are by Mr. Buttigieg's staff. Um, as I mentioned last week, I think the man's going to be drinking from a 40 millimeter fire hose for the next few months because he literally has the guy. The guy was a, a, a mayor of South Bend. OK, a very small city. I'm not saying that's not an important city. I'm sure it is. Probably wonderful people there. But it has nothing to do with the largest transportation system on the planet. I mean, it's not, and you got to understand the Department of Transportation, it's not just roads. It's not just bridges. It's ports. I mean, it's, it's huge, the Leviathan that this, that this thing is. And the fact that Mr. Buttigieg got 78 votes to pass, let me tell you what that tells me. That tells me that unlike what we saw under the Trump administration, where the Democrats fought every nominee, regardless, just on principle, Republicans aren't doing the same. Now, I don't want someone to fight someone just for the sake of fighting. If there's a legitimate one, let them go in. But if it's just someone like this fellow right here, look, he's, he is the transportation secretary and he's going to have that title until he steps down or is removed by the president. We're going to have to give him that respect. But I, I don't believe that this was the best candidate possible for going through because you've already got him talking about potentially wanting to increase the gas tax. Okay. Well, the problem with increasing the gas tax, that's a poor man's tax right now that hits all that hits poor people as well. And with the push that's going to be made by this department for electronic vehicles, it's also a little disingenuous because electronic vehicles, guess what they don't do? They don't go to the gas pump. So, that's a problem. We already know he's considering the vehicle miles tax. That's right. The vehicle miles tax. Well, what does that mean? That means exactly as the name sounds. You're going to be taxed upon the number of miles that you drive. Yeah. Yeah. Let that sink in. That's what we've got to deal with for a while. Now, is this going to stay this way forever? I don't think so. But this is why right now, more than any time in the past, you listening to this program, you being engaged, you being involved, it's going to be a necessary process because I will tell you this, if we don't do it, <laughs> you better hide the pocketbook. All right, folks, it's been a pleasure hosting today. I hope you've learned something. I hope you've gotten engaged and I want you to stay involved and I've enjoyed it thoroughly. This is Darren Yancey. You're listening to the Information Edge podcast, part of the Voice America Radio Network, and I will be back next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Information Edge. Please join your host, Darren Yancey, again next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have more to share then.